All right. Hello. Hello. <laughs> my name is Benjamin. Welcome to Affable Chat. I'm here, as always, with my good friend, Joey. Hello. And today, we're going to be discussing Chicago. That's right. It's a musical, crime, comedy, drama. Directed by Rob Marshall. And it's starring Catherine Zeta-Jones, Renee Zellweger, Queen Latifah, Pretty Man, and Dr. Steve Brule. Good to see him in some movies. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the Brule. Um, so I watched this movie by renting it from YouTube. Joey, how did you watch it? I watched it uh, through Google Play Services. Okay. Similar. And Yes. And uh, All right. So to get us started, we're going to, as always, go with the synopsis. So Joey, go ahead and give it to us. All right. A young Chicago woman gets everything she ever wanted by cheating on her husband. Yep, that's the that's Chicago. There it is. <laughs> I uh, so this is our first musical on Apple Chat, and it's it's a definitely a different experience. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to I I feel like this is a brand new challenge having to talk about a musical because it is kind of there's definitely a line there between most films and then musicals. Uh, so what what did you like about this one? Well, I I like I like musicals in general. Um, but specifically about this one, I thought the songs were really good. The dancing and the acting was incredible. Um, the, there's just talent throughout this film. Everybody in it sings and dances, and um, it's, it's really, really good. The story is really engaging and surprisingly very cynical, um, and the structure of the story breaks the traditional musical format in favor of something that's a lot more interesting, I think. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm also a pretty big fan of musicals i know that some people just can't bring themselves to suspend their disbelief enough to allow characters to break out in song and dance and i get that but personally i'm fine with it uh this movie really didn't ask you to do that which is one of the things that i liked uh also obviously very uh, amazing cast they're all very talented and they all get their time to shine which i thought was really cool um Memorable songs. I mean, just as far as musical soundtracks go, after I watched this movie, I listened to the soundtrack multiple times just to hear the songs again because I really liked them. And I loved the the balance between kind of letting you see the gritty, real Chicago, the real world, and then kind of the glitzy, glamorous, vaudeville, uh, imaginary Chicago that we got taken into when there was singing and dancing. What, is, what uh, does vaudeville mean? I don't know. I just saw it was associated with this, uh, like, I, I think it's so. a style of uh, performance that, that was, like, popular in the 20s, but I'm not exact. I wasn't alive then. That's so actually, I, yeah, I just looked it up. A type of entertainment popular chiefly in the U.S. in the early 20th century featuring a mixture of specialty arts such as burlesque, comedy, and song and dance. That describes this movie pretty well. Yeah, and, and it's, that's another thing I like is it kind of brings you to that era, and it's not something that I personally have been... Uh, in, or, or, or that I've experienced a whole lot. So that you was haven't lived in the 1920s. I haven't <laughs> watched a lot say? of 1920s movies. Uh, <laughs> but okay, so that's what we liked about it. What did you? What, what did you not like about it, Joey? Um, I thought the the main character was really really hard to like. She and she's really awful. Um, the lyrics and the dialogue um, don't really go beneath the surface as far as I would have liked. And Really, I think the story is, is pretty simple and really easy to follow, which is a good thing, but there really isn't that much drama at the end. But like a lot of these movies we've been doing recently, it's really hard for me to actually say anything bad about this movie. There's a lot that I really like, and I really kind of had to stretch even to say those small things. Sure. I, I feel the same way, especially because this movie came uh, so highly um, recommended to us, because, or, or, or especially myself, just knowing people who have seen this musical and saying oh you haven't seen chicago you have to see chicago um so i again i'm not like there's not a lot to hate but yeah. one thing that i found to be quite frustrating is how fickle the people of chicago are uh because one moment they're oh like this craze about you know whatever the most popular female murderer is and then five minutes later they're like oh on to the next one though i, I literally <laughs> don't even remember the the last one despite the fact that i got a, a, an impulse tattoo with her name on it 
<laughs> which is what that sailor guy did. So um, I, th- I felt like that was, I-, I know it's a nitpick, but I just felt a little bit frustrated with that. Um, also, I, I kind of feel, I echo your sentiment with how the um, the main character, Roxy, is a bad person. Just in general, having to root for bad people. Uh, you know, again, it's obviously an opinion, but it, it I generally yeah. don't root very hard for people that I think are bad people. Um, or they don't give me a reason really to like how bad of a person they are. And then uh, kind of mixed messages about justice. I, I don't know. Like the uh, the tango song, the... Uh, oh, yeah, the, the one, Sunblock Tango? Yeah, where <laughs> I felt like some of those guys didn't... Like, they had it coming, <laughs> they but had some of coming. those guys... Some of those guys had it more coming than others, uh, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, yeah, well, that's, I, I think it's interesting. Both, I mean, both of us kind of touched on things that were definitely purposeful about this movie, like the, the main characters you know, being hard to like, uh, the fickle people of Chicago. Like, these are very purposeful decisions, and I think it adds to the cynicism of this movie. Um, it's just, you know, it also because it gives you a little bit of pit in your stomach, you know? It, makes, it doesn't necessarily make you feel good, which is kind of right. the whole point. Yeah, again, b- big opinion for me, <laughs> but uh, that's just how it makes me feel. But all right, let's move into our more overall uh, section, taking a look at this uh, musical. Do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Well, first off, I really enjoyed this, uh, this movie. A lot of times, I- I'm the type of person that really, like, I l- really like the things that I like. There's a lot of musicals that I hold uh, very close to my heart that I really enjoy, and it's sometimes difficult to open up to like a brand new set of uh songs and i think that this movie was really easy to like from that perspective the songs are catchy creative gave you things to look at and i i really uh enjoyed that but the thing that hooked me what made me say okay this is worth paying attention to and, and analyzing closely was the way that they didn't ask you to suspend your disbelief so that you right. had when um when roxy is singing about amos when he's lying to the uh, detective there, the investigator, the cop, she's, and then he realizes what's going on when he finds out who she killed, and the song changes based on what's going on in real life. And I was like, whoa, 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 that's freaking awesome. Uh, so, you know, and it, it kind of intertwines them without ever crossing over completely. They're never, like, whenever they're singing in the actual Chicago, it's because they're on a stage and singing vaudeville style. Yeah. Uh, and so you, you kind of get the best of both worlds where you have the real life, believable, believable story uh, with amazing over the top musical performances going on at the same time. So I, I absolutely blew me away. For me, that's the best part of this movie altogether. Uh, and especially the people you're having performing it. Even John C. Riley, who I didn't yeah. know could, could sing. I was so glad when he finally got a chance to sing. I was like, "Ah oh, man, like John C. Riley, I really like him. I wanted to see him do more stuff." And then he, you know, he's kind of pushed to the side, and then in the background most of the time. And then he finally gets like a solo, which is one of the best songs too. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's so sad. My man yeah. Amos, he's uh, he he definitely gets the short end of the stick over and over throughout this movie. Um, but yeah, like I said earlier, I really enjoyed the 1920s. Uh, styles and the lingo, uh, especially how awkward it was sometimes. Like uh, <laughs> Catherine Zeta Jones, uh, when she's trying to sell Roxy on their two person uh, routine they could be doing together, she's yeah. trying to convince her how cool this dance is. She's like, Oh, this next part, oh, it's really nifty. I'm like, <laughs> You're trying to sell her on it by saying it's nifty, but you got to think of what the times are, right? Nifty was probably a real nifty word back then. <laughs> so so that's uh, the bees knees yeah <laughs> real rad exactly you you get it so um that makes sense although uh it, it makes less sense when <laughs> when uh roxy is having sex with uh what's his name the guy she shoots uh frank right <laughs> or is it fred sure. i think it's fred yeah when she's having sex with fred and he's like you're a star kid while they're having sex and, and uh, you know what if you want to call your lover daddy or whatever I won't get into it, but for me, I draw the line at calling them a kid <laughs> during sex. So I thought that was for me I, I, that it took me out of the moment there. Um, but obviously, that was a uh, that tense moment, anyways. Um, 
but yeah, overall, the songs were fun and memorable, well performed. Uh, rare, like rarely did I get bored during us like while a song is going on because they always give you so much to look at and uh, just amazing performance. So overall, really enjoyed it. What do you think is like the weakest song in this movie? Um, I don't know. That's hard to say because it's uh, it doesn't come to mind immediately. Th- like yeah. the songs that I don't really, I guess. Um, All I Care About, which is the one uh, where you first are introduced to uh, Richard Gere's character. Mm. And yeah, that one, that one was interesting. Yeah. And and not to say that it doesn't have a place in this movie, but I guess if I had to say I didn't, I'm not going back and hitting repeat for that that one. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. I, yeah, I, I was really surprised um, by this movie. It's, it's very cynical. It's very tongue in cheek. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit more about how is, I think this movie is more of an anti-musical than it is a musical. Um, but it's also extremely talent-driven. And everyone in there gets a chance to sing, dance, and act. Um, and the dances are really powerful and moving. The songs are cutting, cutting and witty. And uh, the acting really carries you around on this crazy, crazy story. Um, what I think kind of makes this story really interesting, and I, I put this in my cons, but I think it lends itself to a more memorable movie is that the character of Roxy is just so despicable. Um, the only time I really ever identified with her was when she shot somebody. When she f- shoots Fred, uh, I was like, oh, I understand. Like, the rage and betrayal she feels in that moment, it's just like, you know, you're overcome with passion, you have an opportunity to kill him, so she does. And I'm like, okay, you know, I, that's not maybe what I would do, but I can understand where you're coming from. But everything else, even before that, she's just obnoxious, she's so annoying and petty, she's arrogant, narcissistic, manipulative unappreciative and she's just go I, off joey I can't. that's all the advocates <laughs> i got um, yeah but renee zellweger really hammers home this uh ungrateful character that is roxy and i think it's really easy to hate her um which again makes the movie really interesting i don't think this movie really goes as deep as it could it doesn't really delve into why roxy is the way she is or how chicago got this way or why you might like how you could fight the corruption that's so rampant in the city. It's really just like, look how bad everything is. Isn't this suck? Um, but, you know, this movie is really tight, too. So it maybe that, you know, those topics aren't really what this movie is about. Um, and, yeah, echoing what you said, I really enjoy this movie. I think it um, does stuff that you've never seen before. And it does it in a really, really interesting and um, technically incredible way. Yes, and just to throw it back to Sucker Punch, I felt like this was a very similar kind of thing. I was going to ask you about that because you bring it up every time. (laughs) I absolutely adore that movie. Check out our podcast episode. That's back in the single digits, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, maybe three. I mean, come on. Uh, Maybe my other times that I brought it up may not have been justified. This one, (laughs) this one makes perfect sense. I was literally going to ask you. I have that in my notes. Is is this like Sucker Punch? (laughs) Yes, because instead, but instead of... uh, you know, sexy women having awesome fight scenes with robots. It, it's musical. It's yeah. singing and dancing. So, uh, but they they give you an excuse so that you don't have to suspend your disbelief. And I'm finding that I truly, truly enjoy that. Uh, I another thing that I truly enjoy uh, is music. And obviously, this musical has its share. Uh, so let's go ahead and go down the line on our favorite songs from this movie. Okay, I'll go first. Sympathy. And there's Bernie lying on the couch, drinking a beer and chewing. No, not chewing. Popping. So I said to him, I said, you pop that gum one more time. And he did. So I took the shotgun off the wall and I fired two warning shots into his head. He had it coming. He had it coming. Yeah, the, uh, this song is just amazing. Um, I think like the repetition of the uh, you know the six key phrases that they use um, is is like really kind of brings you in, like, builds up the mystery, and then they explain why it's all happening. And of course, this is like juxtaposed, like it's edited so that it looks like just regular conversation between the inmates that um, Roxy is overhearing, 
and then she yes. assembles it into this, you know, huge dance uh, with all these people. Yeah, it's kind of like a uh, "What are you in for?" Yeah, conversation, but yeah. really, uh, uh, way more of a performance. Yeah, I like it, and it's especially. You know, the, uh, Roxy's among friends when you once you <laughs> listen to this whole song. Oh yeah, it's so like it's so interesting. I think because there's no remorse whatsoever. You know, none of them say, "Oh, like I was overcome by emotion or anything." It's like, no, he deserved it. I did the world a favor by killing this guy. Right. Um. And, yeah. <laughs> and and they're also coming with the kind of their mind, or at least the, in this world, it seems like they might be able to get off for this kind of thing. So almost like, uh taking this kind of action isn't as crazy as it might sound because uh, they can potentially get away with it. Uh, but I didn't think that all the guys that died or that got murdered deserved it equally, right? Okay. Like <laughs> the guy who, um, so uh, first off for the, the guy who was uh, chewing gum. Oh no, that's the one I'm sure should have died. <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> Popping your gum is pretty bad. And I, I think that's totally fine that that was the, what the, the thing that set her off and sure. made her shoot him in the head. But, <laughs> but <laughs> drinking beer while you chew gum, that's, <laughs> that might actually be worse. That's what she says. She's like, she comes home, he's on the couch, t- drinking a beer and popping his gum. And it's like, dude, are you intentionally trying to piss her off? He's like, oh, she's home. Better p- put some gum in my mouth. <laughs> I was trying to enjoy this beer, but I got to piss her off. Um, so I guess, yeah, no, that guy definitely deserved to die. But, like, let's, let's think about Squish, okay? Squish was the guy who came home and starts yelling at his, uh, his wife, you've been screwing the, ma- the milkman. Yeah. Which, uh, so 1920s to have a milkman, but also- <laughs> And to be screwing him. Well, yeah, but the thing is, she doesn't deny that. She's just like, he comes home, he's accusing me of screwing the mailman. So I stabbed him ten like, times. Okay, but that's like, not exactly what happened. She says that like he was getting like really like angry and really upset. She was defending herself. I am just a little bit hesitant after listening to it again and realizing she doesn't deny it though. Okay. So because I, I I'm trying to see it from I'm playing devil's advocate with these guys who are like this guy's like you've been screwing the mailman. Are you, what do you want? And then she's like, uh, yeah, but she, she doesn't have a right to kill him either. Or yeah, you know, like. She doesn't. Ha- he doesn't have a right to kill her, either. That's true, for sure. You know. So, and that's it's implied that that was what it was coming to. Well, it's not that, I, she, that he just found out. Well, the 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 true um, injustice was the Romanian woman, I believe she Hungarian. Is. Hungarian, yes. Um, did you run that through, run her verse through a uh, translator and no, figure out you? what it said? Because even though I had subtitles on. <laughs> I didn't know what she said. No, I didn't either. I, I think it was just, that was interesting too, because you didn't understand what was happening. You just knew that she was upset and that she, yeah. didn't, she didn't do it. And then, of course, she's the only one that's ever, is actually killed. All the sympathetic people in this movie are the ones that um, get shafted the hardest. That's true. That is definitely true. Also, just a side note while we're talking about subtitles, on YouTube, the subtitles are clean. Yes. But the, the movie itself is, <laughs> which is so funny, because in this one, um, when the, I think it's um, Six, when Six is talking about her, uh, her uh, like, boyfriend who said he was single, and yeah. she's like, single my ass. And it, it, the, the subtitles say, single my eye. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not even close. Yeah, <laughs> it did the so same I, thing for me too. It was, it was pretty funny. I thought it was hilarious, but but overall, I thought the the actual performance. Like, I would love to see this song performed live. Yeah, with those moving um, bars and everything, like the, the things are sliding yes. by and stuff, and they and then they have the red ribbons to indicate blood. Oh man, it was so cool. Definitely. Um, and yeah, that that whole song is just uh, blows you away. That, that, like, I feel like that one sticks is going to stick in my memory longer than any of the other ones. Okay, uh, ready for the next song then? Let's hit it. If you want my gravy, pepper my ragu, spice it up for mama, she'll get hot for you. When they pass that basket, folks contribute too. You put in for mama. She'll put out for you. Okay. 
So, yeah, this actually is probably my favorite song. After some further analysis and listening to them back, I yeah. just I just love that. <laughs> like that. That's so good. I can like, hear it. <laughs> it uh yeah, it gets it just gets stuck in my head and I just want to hear it over and over again. But also because Queen Latifah's performance is so just saucy like she (laughs) she she brings the absolute sauce like especially at the beginning when she's like they'll tell you i'm the biggest mother and she like let she's like yeah hen like she's she's letting you complete the sentence before she like does it herself just so amazing yeah um i think that's what makes this this song like really exceptional is that Everything she's saying, like in the context of the burlesque show, is like really sexual. Like, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of innuendo in what she says, right? Yeah. But it's actually e- explicitly about the corruption in in the jailhouse, which is what your uh, your next point was going to be. The- sure. Yeah. Like I, I, it makes the the jailhouse corruption so attractive, something right. that you you want to be a part of, and and obviously that's her pitch, right? You just showed up at jail, and she's like, hey. If you want to, like, scum it up with me, it could be good for the two of us. <laughs> I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Yeah, and, and obviously, Queen Latifah, who is, she's my actual queen. I, <laughs> I, I love her in this movie. Um, she's, like, her, her performance is just amazing. Um, it, it's, it's almost like an introduction for, like, a really good villain, you know? It's yeah. almost like the Darth Vader walking down the, like, the brightly lit hallway with the Imperial March playing. But instead, it's uh, Mama with her, like, amazing song about, like, joining her and being corrupt. So I, uh, I, I loved it, everything about it. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was really interesting. It's just how she, she's, like, playing the system to her own advantage so perfectly. Um, and there's no, like... If ands or buts, you know, she's in charge and she can do whatever she wants. Yeah, the, my only complaint, I guess, is that this is basically it as far as her uh, singing goes. Yeah. We didn't really get a whole lot of uh, Matron Mama Morton after this, uh, except <laughs> I, I died when she had the same hair as Roxy. Oh, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> she looked good. She was rocking that hairstyle, too. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, my, my heart goes out to Queen Latifah. She killed it in this movie. Definitely. But um, all right, let's uh, let's let's keep moving here. Mr. Billy Flynn in the press conference rag. Notice how his mouth never moves. Almost. Where'd you come from, Mississippi? And your parents? Very wealthy. Where are they now? Six feet under. But she was granted one more start. The convent of the Sacred Heart. Okay, this, I think this song, uh, more than any of the other ones, is very explicit about what this movie's about. It's very cynical toward the um, the media, which I'm always a big fan of. Um, and it literally portrays like the reporters as puppets in uh, Billy Flynn's hands. Uh, and portrays uh, Roxy in the same way. It's, it's not perhaps the most um, like interesting dance. Or uh, even like the most interesting, like rhythmically, but I think the lyrics make it the most, the, one of the most powerful songs of this movie. Um, and it, it really makes, like, hammers home just how corrupt uh, Chicago is and just how all the different roles in society kind of like help keep that up. Like Mrs. Sunshine, right? She's part of the press. She's like the, the, the reporter that gives you the softballs and stuff. But she's part of this legal system. She and Billy Flynn have this like arrangement that, like, Billy brings in these interesting people. She gets like exclusive access to them, um, and in exchange, you know, she turns the public's opinion, um, you know, to their soft side, which is just so interesting and and, and so cynical. Um, and that's why I really like the song. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of the magic that Billy Flynn brings, his yeah. ability to just create this performance that everyone falls for. And uh, it, it's very explicit. The whole she's yeah. literally a uh, a dummy, a, a dummy, right? Dummy. A ventriloquist dummy. And then in the back, they're all marionettes, and he's also up there, you know, pulling the str- literally yeah. pulling the strings. And like when he speaks, she her her you know her mouth moves because he literally put those words into her mouth 
uh, when she was saying them on the podium. So, right. yeah, it just works really, really well. And I liked how there were tiny little deviations where Roxy, who couldn't make it, you know, Billy Flynn, who always wins, she's yep. like, oh, I'm going to, you know, go outside the lines, not do everything he says. And she's like, because when the reporters ask, like, are you sorry? She's like, are you kidding me? And, you know, and that's kind of off. Yeah, it's off script, right? Yep. And uh, yep. that's so Roxy of her to not just go along with whatever Billy, Billy's saying, even though it has like a hundred percent chance of working. You right. Know? So, exactly. I, I, I like this one too. And honestly, I thought that it was just, I don't know. I thought it was interesting looking, you know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of, it's quite a spectacle to have all these humans looking like, uh, marionettes and it's, a, it's probably puppets. the most surreal one. All the other ones kind of, you know, fit into like another, another movie almost, you know, mm-hmm. all the other surreal moments when, when she's imagining these things, they're in like almost realistic settings. This one actually has like elements of surrealism where there's like puppets and, you know, people looking fake and you know, there's a giant Billy Flynn in the ceiling with giant little strings on his fingers. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, this one's probably the most um, absurd. Yeah, and I, I like how the song slows down and speeds up at different points. It's kind yeah. of uh, it has different stages to it uh, to keep you from getting bored. Because I, I, I mean, as much as I like the spectacle of it, I do agree as far as Comparing it to some of the other performances in here, it's a little bit more boring to just have a guy sitting and then have a bunch of people behind him also kind of just staying yeah. in one place. Um, but yeah, I, I also really enjoy that song. Boys. So um, I really like this one because it really encapsulates who Roxy is in this movie. Yeah. She's all about creating this image. She has this uh, dream for who she could be, this celebrity status she could uh, reach. And it's all about her. It's Roxy, no one else. And, uh, and also, I really like the way it sounds. I don't know what they do to their voices or what the game plan is there, but when the background singers, the guys, say yeah. like, Roxy, like all together. I don't know. There's just something to it. It's just syrup. Uh, just, <laughs> it's, it's good. Um, but also, uh, what really made this stand out is actually, it's not on the soundtrack, but in the movie, before she starts this song, Roxy tells some actually decent stand-up comedy. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I'm a big fan of stand-up, so I thought that was great. Um, and, and, uh, but I thought it was interesting, the part where she stops singing, she starts talking about her relationship with the audience uh, mm. a little bo burnham-esque to uh go meta during a performance and talk about your relationship with the audience um but it just seems i don't know i i'm not sure where like she's just self-aware i guess to the point where she's like and that's because the reason she loves the audience so much and the audience loves her so much is because n- none of them got enough love as a child I felt like that came kind of out of left field. I was like, what? And then they kind of just move on from it. It's not, I think it's just like a, a cliche or like, um, you know, it's like a trope for uh-huh. any performer. It's like they're, you know, the, they've always had some sort of messed up childhood or like they've had a, a you know, a childhood that was tough or something that, that motivated them to go into show business. You, there's had to be something wrong with you to have this be the relationship you're trying to pursue. I guess that's kind of the, the implication. Um, I don't know. There's something, I think there's something to that. There's, you know, you never got enough attention or you felt like you never got enough attention. So you are constantly seeking other people's attention. I mean, the reason I went into podcasting is because my parents never listened to me talk about movies. So (laughs) 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 it makes perfect sense then. (laughs) Yeah. I also really like this movie. Um, there's one part where she says, who says that murder is not an art, which, um, Seems yes. to be kind of an, a recurring theme on this podcast. Yeah, about. shout outs to the Joker. Shouts, uh, shout outs um, to uh, Spevin Macy. Whatever yes, his name is. from Seven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> John but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 
that's kind of like the path to stardom for some people in this movie was or the the hopeful path, I guess. Yeah. Is to just do some wild, crazy thing and then get off and then know everyone, everyone knows, knows who you are. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. There's also a really cool part in this in this song, I believe, where she's looking into a bunch of mirrors. Is that in this one? It is. And um, I really like this too, because just showing her obsession with herself, but also with fame and how she's kind of everywhere at once, you know, mm-hmm. like a kaleidoscope. Um, so I thought that was really good. There's also, a lot of stuff that the dance does that the dances in this movie that are very like easy to bring metaphor from. So I think that's really powerful. Yeah, no, I agree. And also the mirrors, you never see the camera in them. They have a lot nice. of mirrors on screen. <laughs> and I did. Well, I, I mean, did you see them? No. That's... I thought that was good cinematography. Yes, it is. So, um, all right, let's keep it moving here. On okay. to the next one. On to the next. On on to the next one. What is the next one? Uh, I can't do it alone. <laughs> can't do it. Oh yeah, I like this one. Watch this. Now you have to imagine it with two people. It's swell with two people. First I. Then she. Then we. But I can't do it alone. Then she. I'd say men. <laughs> she'd say you're the cat's meow. Then we'd wow the crowd again when she'd go. I, this song is amazing. Um, it's just like the idea that you are playing both parts of a double act. And this one's like, this one's a little different because it is taking place like in the real world, right? And she's using the actual setting that she's in. So she's kind of making it up as she goes. Um, and that I don't know. It's 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 so funny, but it's also so impressive. I I think this uh, song is the closest, like the best way I can describe it is it's like the devil went down to Georgia. You know that song? Yes. Where he you know he's playing the song that the devil plays, but he's also playing the song that Johnny plays, and he plays that that's that part twice, right? Like, right. The guy who actually plays the song is more impressive than the people he's talking about in the song, even though he's talking about how great they are at you know the fiddle. yeah um it, this is the same way like she's saying oh you know i can't do it alone but she's literally doing it alone she's literally doing both parts of a double act <laughs> by herself and it's so impressive there's so much like going on there's all these like it's all this crazy movement there's you know tap dancing and everything and it's uh it's really 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 amazing yeah we we haven't really sung her praises yet uh, but Catherine Zeta-Jones kills it in this movie. Yes, Catherine Zeta-Jones is already a star in the movie, right? She does the opening number. She is already an established performer, but uh, like she's a star in this movie too. Like she just yeah. every time she gets a chance to sing and dance and just show off that voice, Cat, uh, she just she kills it. So want to make sure that we agree. sing her. She's she's my favorite character. I like her so much more than I like Roxy. I really want. I was so glad when she like came out on top in the end. So. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought she was way more sympathetic, way more reasonable. Um, and, but she's still like, she still murdered people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's what's my favorite thing about, well, not my favorite thing, but one thing I like about this song is listening to it back on the soundtrack version. So without watching it, because her dance moves are impressive and she's doing all this great, uh, you know, vaudeville type stuff. Um, when she's describing what she does. Or, or when she says, then I'd, yeah. you know, but, but it's so funny just because you, it leaves it to your imagination when you're listening to it. It's just like, first I'd, then she'd, it's like, what could she be doing that it, it justifies a tuba being the sound of it? You know, like I, I, I died. So I, and it's kind of, this kind of music I never listened to. So I, especially just having a, you know, them go, I don't know, just being exposed to this different style. Uh, is a lot of fun, uh, yeah. but Catherine Zeta Jones, yeah, I you know I didn't really think about it that way before, but I agree. Like even though she's saying she can't do it alone, she absolutely <laughs> does it alone, and she kills it. Amazing. Okay, one more. All right. Yeah, one more. Oh, 
vociferous. Give them the old flim flam flummox, fool and fracture them. How can they hear the truth above the roar? Oh, killing it, dude. Oh, oh dude. Richard Gere. There, he really lays it on thick with this one. I, uh, I, I mean, first off, I just, I love his $5 words he uses in yes. here to describe giving him the old razzle-dazzle. Uh, especially these two lines here. He says, give him a show that's so splendiferous, row after row will crow vociferous. Dude, I... I do not envy the next guy who comes up to Richard Gere for a freestyle rap battle. He's <laughs> he's pulling out. A, <laughs> these are the these are the heavy hitters, and uh, and also more seriously, the actual circus um, kind of vibe you get from this song, or, or the yeah. literal cir- circus they show you. Um, it's so much fun, you know. Richard Gere is obviously denying the justice system but he makes it look so good and you're happy that you're on his side yeah i know it's so good he's just like playing it playing it so perfectly and yeah when this song first started i was just like oh you know like you get to a certain point when you're watching a musical when you're like all right here comes another song you know yeah but this was also the point where i was like i was really like i was really convinced this is one of the most perfect visual movies ever made just when they when they have the all the girls walking around with the um with the evidence like boards <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like kind of big circle, and then when uh, one of them is draped over Amos in the courtroom, you know, when he you can tell exactly when he gets razzle dazzled. Yes. Oh man, it was so perfect. Oh, I and then, love and that then, too. And then uh, my favorite part is when they have the dancer who's dressed as Justice. <laughs> she's blind. And she's like mimicking the the picture that's behind the judge, and she's holding yeah. the scales. She's just part of this. <laughs> it's so good, and it's so seamlessly meshes with the, what's actually oh, happening man. too Editing in this like, movie. yes like i mean like you mentioned when there's the dancer who's draped over amos when he's on the when he's on the stand um and you know he's selling him a bunch of bull about uh roxy's pregnancy being his even though yeah. he knows that's not possible uh you know but he gets tricked anyways he gets razzled dazzled and uh and also when they uh when he puts Roxy on like the the ring and she kind of floats up to the stand, yeah. Um, especially because when, because you know it breaks in between song and uh, and and the actual scene, and the part where th- he fools Amos and he goes and hugs her, th- like the song comes back and he's like, "Give him the old <laughs> razzle." Like That's he's right. just sh- he's like, "I just gave him the razzle dazzle." You just saw it right there, you know, and like. <laughs> Uh, it just works so well in conjunction with the actual plot. Um, so I, I mean, my 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 uh, top hat is off to you, uh, Richard Gere, and, and uh, everyone involved with this song because it's just yeah. I'm shaking my cane at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it really just puts his mastery of the courtroom into a song, and I really do. I think that it's both cool and kind of scary how like these top tier lawyers can basically find a way to win anytime no matter yeah. what's going on no no matter if their client mur- like shot somebody in cold blood and uh i i i especially enjoy that when it's put into a song it's pretty good it's really good okay so let's uh we've kind of broken away from our traditional format a little bit just to talk about those songs so let's go let's dive back into some of our favorite quotes of this movie okay uh my my favorite one one i I think kind of encapsulates, encapsulates this whole movie is it's, it's all a circus a three ring circus it's all, these trials, the whole world it's it's all show business yeah, I mean it's kind of go, this comes right after or right before the um, the Razzle Dazzle song you know it, and he's exactly right the, everything that you see in front of you is is all a a show it's all an act and you get to see like how things are built but like roxy's uh, public persona is totally fake you know her backstory is totally made up um everything about her including her fake pregnancy is fake so you know these people are putting on this show for us um in order to get what they want and everyone just kind of eats it up as if it's true uh, that's pretty good 
Yeah, no, I, it, it is definitely, it kind of goes along with my next one, um, which I'll, I'll go ahead and do it right here. What are you going to tell the jury? I just figured I'd tell them the truth. The truth? Hmm? That's a one-way ticket to the death house. Holy mother of God. Oh, relax. I mean, in this town, murder's a form of entertainment. Which I, it, this is pretty early in the movie. This is in around the first 30 minutes. And it kind of gives you all you need to know about how these murders are going to be perceived for the rest of the mm. movie. People want to be entertained before, like much more than they want to actually find justice. Uh, and, and, and it also doesn't last very long. It goes on to the next one, right? As soon as there's something more entertaining, another crazed murderer, uh, they're on to that too. Um, yep. Much like, you know, you're on to the next big hit artist or whatever, uh, which I thought was a interesting v- view on murder. Definitely. But I mean, it's, don't you think that's true? You know, you hear about some like murder in the news or something, and it's like, you want to find out what's going on. Like, why did this person kill this person? You know, you hear about it, and it's not something that you, you kind of shy away from. It, it is entertainment in a way. It's part of the news cycle. Yeah, it's it's the most extreme, right? Somebody's yeah. life ended as a result of someone else's actions. Like you yeah. got to know more about them. And almost, you know, it, it obviously in real life you wouldn't want to make uh, celebrities out of murderers because that just encourages copycats, as we see in this <laughs> movie. Yeah, but it is interesting, you know. What it could you, you know, you ask yourself, could I take a life? You know, that's uh. What kind of person is that? You know, it makes them, I guess, to put it lightly, I guess it makes somebody interesting to find out that they're a murderer. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Okay, so let's keep it moving along here. Oh, uh, sorry, I want one more thing before we get off that topic. Go ahead. There's a a movie coming out, or maybe it's already come out, with um, Zac Efron. He's going to play Ted Bundy in a a movie. Ted Bundy is a serial killer. Um. And he was like, he was known to be a very like charismatic and like good looking guy. And he like convinced all these people to do like crazy stuff for him. Um, and yeah, this is like a huge thing in the seventies. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see that's, how that kind of fits into this theme of murder as entertainment. Sure. Th- that's not the next Tarantino film, right? I don't think so. Cause Tarantino's also making a movie about a notorious. I he was making a uh, Star Trek movie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Do the Star Trek people murder a lot of people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, actually, they, a lot of them do die. So. <laughs> anyway. All right, let's move on. Um, okay, yeah, so, as always, uh, when we're watching these movies, uh, we find that there are lessons that we learn along the way. Yeah. So here is what this movie taught us. Don't pop your gum. The public values celebrity over justice. Justice is blind. When you're good to mama, mama's good to you. They had it coming. The people of Chicago have the collective memory of a goldfish. Okay, so now it's time to go deeper. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting about this movie is where it comes from. It's actually somewhat based in reality uh, because there were some actual women who inspired the characters of Roxy and Velma. Yeah, that's uh, right. Um, The the original play was written in, I think, 1927 or 1924. And um, it was inspired by real events. Right. So I'm going to quickly try to summarize. Uh, let me see if I can get this right. Kind of, <laughs> this is a very 1920s name over here. Beula Annan. Belula, Belula Annan is, uh, I think I got it, is Roxy Hart. She is the person who 
Roxy Hart is based out uh, after. Okay, so she was an American suspected murderer uh, that inspired the character of Roxy Hart. Um, she was born in Kentucky, and that's where she got married to this guy Perry Stevens. And then she divorced him and married this guy, Albert Annan. And that's when her last name became Annan. Oh, wouldn't it have been clever if uh, Richard Gere had, t- had called Amos Albert at some point? Because he calls him uh, by the wrong name a bunch of times. That would have been, that would have been clever and very, uh, like, a, a solid reference. I'm not sure how many people would have gotten. Definitely yeah. history buffs. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so she's married to Albert, and she starts this uh, affair with this guy named Harry Calstead. Um, and on April 3rd, 1924, uh, she shot Calstead in the back. And uh, according to her initial story, uh, they had been drinking wine. They got into an argument and there was a gun on the bed and they both reached for it. Wow. But the Lula got to it first, uh, shot Calstead and, uh, and while he was putting on his hat and coat. So it's actually pretty similar to the actual uh, murder that we see portrayed in this movie. Yeah. And, uh, and she actually, like, watched him die. She stayed there for four hours drinking cocktails and watching him just what? wither away and die. That is insane. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so then she calls her husband and tells, tells him, uh, so she calls Albert up and says uh, that she killed a man who tried to make love to her. So, mm. so many parallels here. Um, so the trial, right? So her story actually changes a lot. Uh, she first confessed to the murder, uh, and then she claimed that she shot him in self-defense, fearing rape. Uh, but then her story changes again when she said that he told her he was leaving, and she reacted angrily, and she shot him. Um, wow. Yeah, so, like they, so basically she just shot him in a jealous rage when he was leaving. But eventually she settled on her final story, uh, was that she told Kalstad that she was pregnant, and then they got in a struggle in which they both reached for the gun. Mm. Uh, so Albert, our um, John C. Riley character, yeah. uh, stood by her, pulled all his money out of the bank to get the best lawyers, and stood by her throughout her trial. Uh, she was acquitted on May 25th, 1924. And, uh, and then she announced, I have left my husband. He is too slow. And oh, she, wow. <laughs> yep. And so it's actually pretty accurate to the actual story. <laughs> that is yeah. insane. Yeah. Which one do you think really happened? Oh, Which one of the it's stories? A t- it's a tough call. Because I don't know if she was actually pregnant, right? Uh, or if oh, it she even... claimed she was pregnant too? That was her final story that she told okay. him that she was pregnant and then they struggled. Uh, but I, uh, I'll tell you one thing I know for certain is that they both reached for the gun. I'm no fool. I know that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, quickly, I will tell you about Velma. Uh, or the the actual character of Velma, uh, which is her name is Belva Gartner. So okay. Belva Gartner, the real life Velma Kelly. Uh, she was a cabaret singer from Illinois in uh, in Illinois, right? Not Illinois. Uh, in March of 1924, <laughs> she shot her lover Walter Law, um, a married man with one child. So they weren't married. That's ironic. <laughs> and she she actually wasn't. Married either. She wasn't, uh, yeah, oh, okay. it is ironic. His last name is Law. But yeah, um, she shot him in his car and uh, she was discovered uh, in her apartment with bloodstained clothes, but she claimed she didn't remember the murder. They wow. had been drinking and driving, uh, but she claimed she didn't remember the, the actual murder. Uh, she, so she ha- it was her gun that was used to shoot him, but she said she had that gun for self-defense against robbers uh, living in the city. Um, and she actually, in sort of pitching this in the trial, she said that uh, it wasn't because she, she said, no woman can love a man enough to kill him. What? Yeah. Well, and she's saying that that's not why she did it. She did it because her life was influenced by booze and guns. And what was so it that they said liquor and jazz. Right. Yeah. Kind of like liquor and jazz in, in this uh, in this movie. So um, eventually her defense was that like in the court, her defense was that Walter may have killed himself with the gun. So that was enough. Wow. The, the, the possibility that he may have done it himself um, got her acquitted in June of 1924. So did both uh, of these ladies go on to be like in show business or is it just their their prominent trials that, that brought them to the forefront? I know that Belva Gardner was a um, cabaret singer before, so uh, she definitely was, but I don't believe 
that um, Beula <laughs> went on to do anything else as far as becoming a uh, okay. singer, a dancer. But yeah, well, so. That's very interesting. Yeah, and, and this, much like this movie, doesn't ask you to suspend your disbelief uh, so far as to let characters sing and dance spontaneously. Uh, it also allows you to base this in reality because that's where the origins of the main characters are. Well, speaking of dis- suspending your disbelief, I have a, a whole thing about that. So normally when you go to see a musical, you kind of expect a, a certain thing. Musicals exist in the realm of movies that ask you to suspend disbelief even further than you already are. The music in musicals are always very, it's always very metaphoric. It represents a situation, but it doesn't say, it happened like this. Instead, it's closer to, it felt like this. Um, Chicago doesn't really follow this format, though. They make it clear from the very beginning that the things happening in the musical parts of the musical is all part of Roxy's imagination. She's interpreting the situation as if it was told to her in song and dance. It's not, it's not really explicit. She never says, I see people singing and dancing. It's, it's simply how she processes the information. And this separates, uh, I, th- I think this separates this um, music from the story. And it leaves the drama unfolding in a real world with real consequences and realistic characters. Instead of interrupting the action to sing a song, the song is a step sideways to another location. So it's a new place that tells the same story, but in a way that's fun and interesting. And so that, that means like the songs don't take place in the courtroom. They don't play, take place in Roxy's cell or in her apartment. They take place inside her mind, and they respond to stimulus the same way that any train of thought does, like we mentioned with um, the, the song he d- she does with um, John C. Riley mm-hmm. at the very beginning. Um, th- I think this allows Chicago to tell a story that's more realistic and more interesting, one that follows the rules of a real world. It doesn't shy away from the violence and the chaos and the corruption that mark our modern world, but it would also be awkward f- or maybe even possible if at some point the whole world were burst into a song um, like in other musicals. So it's asking you to suspend your disbelief, but not as far as other musicals go, and doesn't in a really creative and subtle way that I think is just uh, masterful. Yes, I, I, it's, everything you've just said is what sets this movie apart for me. I mean, there are other great musicals and there are other uh, you know, star-studded casts that are great to watch, but the, that suspension of disbelief, that, that meshing yeah. of musical and real-life drama uh, is just fantastic, and it's why I would recommend this to other people. Yeah. Um, but another thing I think this movie does exceptionally well is its take on cynicism. In many ways, I think of Chicago as the anti-musical. Its topics aren't fun or sexy. It doesn't portray justice in any sort of um, you know, any sort of guiding force. It's it justice is blind to the corruption that's all around it. It says the media and the people who listen to it are all puppets. And its characters are all objectively criminals, except for one who gets shafted harder than anyone else. And that's, of course, Amos. <laughs> it doesn't feel like the movie doesn't leave you with a feeling that everything is right with the world or that justice has been served or even that there's a, such as a thing as right and wrong. In many ways, it's more of an existential drama. The, the songs are not even technically part of the story. They're alternative retellings of events happening on screen, like I just mentioned. And I have a couple of really good examples, I think. The first song, All That Jazz, is all about the right words to say and the motions you go through for love. But it also to kind of dismisses this as empty, meaningless phrases to get what you want. It uses the words of a love song, but it's really apathetic. Another song, of course, we've talked about this in depth, talk, uh, literally shows the media as puppets. Um, and I do think that this is, like, this is pretty explicit, but it's more of a subtle kind of jab where like it says oh this look at this fun thing is happening but it's really like a deep cynic you know cynical yeah cynical point and there's also this one like little line where they're speaking about the da who's going to try roxy's case um and the newsreader mentions that he this is great optics for his run for governor and it's like this implication that it's never been about justice it's always about some selfish motives you know he's never doing it because it's the right thing to do he's doing it because it would look good for him. And um, another thing I think it's, it's a little bit more meta is Richard Gere. You know, when they first meet his character, he is like, he's like, oh, he's doing it for love. You know, um, he's doing it because he loves the women of the city and he wants to do what's right. But that's not true at all. And it, he's all about the bottom line. It's all about money. It's all about his own, you know, 
personal gain. Uh, isn't that what Velma says? She says, uh, remember that Billy Flynn's number one customer or number one client, prior, yeah. yeah, client is is hey, Billy Flynn. Yeah, and I think this is interesting because Richard Gere has traditionally been like the good guy, you know, the guy that you can root for. In Pretty Woman, he is, you know, the guy who saves. He's the Prince Charming of that movie, right? In Primal Fear, he's the guy who's, um, he's the straight, you know, laced uh, lawyer. In this movie, he's he's using that perception to his own cynical advantage. Yeah, he's, uh, like, I, I haven't seen those other movies, I guess, uh, but he's all about that $5,000. Yeah, That's his number one priority. <laughs> Definitely. And there's no, there's no, like, overarching theme of goodness or love with your heart or anything like that. There isn't even really a love story in this movie. Um, it really is just, like, the story of a young woman who uh, does something terrible and then uses that to launch her career in show business. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he just knows what he's doing. I, I was, I really loved Richard Gere. I, I loved all these characters, but yeah. he was great. Um, but, all right, so, before we get to our ratings, a couple of things I want to take care of. First, the reason we watched Chicago, it's a bit, uh, you know, out of the ordinary for some of the movies that we've uh, selected ourselves is because our biggest fan, uh, Jenny at Jenny Jenny on Twitter, she tweeted at us and said, "Hey, we I'd love it if you guys could do an episode about Chicago." Um, so if you're listening and you have a movie that you would love to hear us talk about, tweet at us uh, or leave a comment or send us an email, all that stuff, uh, because we'll do it. And then uh, we have ha- done a hundred percent of our recommendations. So that's far. true. That is true. Hundred <laughs> percent uh, completion. Rate so uh, so yeah, Spe- but uh, currently uh, our next. Oh, and thank you, Jenny. Yes, thank you, Jenny. Uh, and we we really enjoyed uh, watching this movie. If you can't tell that by now, <laughs> our next movie uh, before we get to our ratings here is we're going to be watching Shrek Two. With yes. from the viewpoint of someone who's also seen Shrek One, we didn't want to do two episodes on Shrek, uh, <laughs> but it's kind of worth it. We're gonna watch Shrek One and then watch Shrek Two. You didn't want to do Shrek month? <laughs> as much as I love Batman month, uh, and there are enough movies to do a whole Shrek month. But So that's what we're going to be doing next. So if you're listening right now, why not pop Shrek 2 in and, uh, and you know, have Watch it fresh in your mind us. Yeah, for the, for the next episode. Uh, but yeah, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and give us our final, our, our, uh, our, our final opinion, our ratings uh, for this movie. You want me to go first? Go ahead. Um, I give this movie two weeks on death row. <laughs> I give this movie nine impulsive tattoos. <laughs> that seems like an excessive amount. Maybe appropriate. <laughs> I would say that's probably what the average sailor in Chicago had based on how quickly that guy got his Roxy tattoo. <laughs> but right. uh, yeah, for Affable Chat, I'm Benjamin. And I'm Joey. Thanks for listening. Hey, Benjamin here. Thanks for listening to the 31st episode of Affable Chat. Uh, I mean, I really appreciate, from the bottom of my heart, you listening to this point. Um, If you're out there, please let us know you're listening. You know, leave us a like, send us an email, affablechat at Uh, gmail.com. Tweet at us, at affablechat on Twitter. Thank you so much to Jenny, uh, at Jenny Jenny on Twitter for tweeting at us and, and suggesting this movie, which is awesome. Like we said during the show, send us the movies you guys want to hear about and, uh, you know, we'll watch them. We'll talk about them. And, uh, you know, hopefully you guys can talk back, you know, so let us know, especially I love, I know people love being petty. Let us know if we got something wrong, correct us, do anything. Uh, we, we love that sort of involvement. Um, but you know what? Just listening for me, I, I love it. I'm uh, so happy there are people listening. If you check our SoundCloud, you can see our plays. Literally dozens of people listen to Affable Chat each week. Uh, so that, that makes me super happy. We're having a good time making it. So, um, you know, if we're enjoying making them and our dozens of listeners are enjoying listening to them, that's good enough for me. So I'm going to leave you guys with this last uh, little bit here, uh, which I saved. Because when Joey and I were recording, this is a special episode since there were songs. Um, we had to change up the way we record, and I caught this little moment 
uh, that I really enjoyed. So thanks for listening. System works. The system of reciprocity. reciprocity.